Support for this episode of the SP Shroomer podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for all your grooming needs. Take the just-released new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless, with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. I mean, 90 minutes is a super long time, but by all means, go for it if that's what you desire. Go from the Bush Leagues to the Big Leagues with 20% off and free shipping with the code SBStreamer at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com with the code SPStreamer. Welcome back to the SP Streamer podcast. Doug Ishikawa alongside a Jedi of the streaming pitcher, Mr. Michael Simeone, and another very special guest to round out our team tonight, who we will get to in just a few moments. But Michael, you know, we've always been a podcast about truth, honesty, and opening up our hearts to one another. So my question is, would you have rather I called you a Mandalorian over a Jedi? Oh, um, yeah, 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 definitely. All right. So I feel like there's too many Jedis and like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> not enough mandos there's only yeah, i mean you get a jetpack so i mean you know. yeah that's true all right so <laughs> we have that well documented right now because this is the way i guess michael's Ooh, going like in. it so we're giving the people what they want because pitching never sleeps sp nation so our plan tonight is to revisit the justin mason too early mock draft adp for starting pitchers if you missed out on our analysis on the top 10 arms go back and listen to our previous episode. We had special guest Jake Dever on, and he was great. I was great. Michael was so-so. But we're <laughs> flying past the top 10 tonight and discussing the next four tiers of arms. And to help us do that, we are thrilled to have on the host of the Bench with Bubba podcast, which just went over the 100,000 download mark, which is absolutely amazing. He's also the co-host of a multitude of other pods, such as Batflip Crazy, always pressing PGA DFS, and the two-point conversion NFL DFS. If you want to make some money, you got to follow Bubba. A member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, you can catch his written work at Rotorballer and the Fantasy Degens. Follow along with all his live Twitter streams at his handle at bdentric. It's the one, the only Mr. Brian Entrekin, a.k.a. KC Bubba. What's up, Bubba? How you doing today? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. I've always wanted an introduction like that. Uh, I've been saying, I've been saying forever that when I've, I've been listening to you guys' show, I'm like, Doug just knows how to bring it. Like, and he's smooth operator, and he just hits all the points, and it's just it's money. So thanks for having me. But I'm not going to steal the show, but I have to ask. So you'd rather have a jetpack over a lightsaber? No, you know what? That like came to my mind <laughs> as I said that. I was like, wait, but then I wouldn't have a lightsaber. But he does, you know, Mandalorian has cool really cool gadgets too. Yeah. Though. Yeah, oh, <laughs> baby Yoda. So it's like, yeah, I mean that trumps everything. <laughs> so I'm guessing, Bubbo, just by off that, you're. If I ask you the same question that I asked Michael, who is just still like, you know, in agony over having to choose two of the coolest, uh, you know, jobs in the world, you're gonna go Jedi here because you want the, you know, want the lightsaber. I think so. Like, not like you know, the, the first six movie Jedi's, more like the Mandalorian era Jedi's, as we're saying. Oh, okay. One of those. That's I think where I, I kind of put plant my flag but i see the mandalorian angle like if you're a star wars fan which obviously this show seems to be i've talked to i know michael about it online once in a while i was like you always wanted boba fett to like do something like yeah. you you feel like you got robbed with that so this mandalorian series is everything we wanted growing up so <laughs> it's perfect yeah, yeah. It's awesome. star wars and baseball guys but before we get too deep into star wars lore let's discuss some quick news and notes in our segment 
quick news and notes. Bubba, Jose Abreu and Freddie Freeman took home the MVP hardware, deservedly so, while Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber are our Cy Youngs. With this flood of pitching news, did you agree with the winners? Did you agree with Bauer's choice in suits? There's a lot of times you can't. It's tough to agree with Bauer's decision-making <laughs> process, period. But uh, I give the guy credit. Doesn't let anything bother him. The uh, the decision on uh, who won the NL Cy Young, it was tricky because I was a Darvish guy personally. But you could make arguments for all of them. It really – I liked how the voting was at least a little closer than we've seen in the other awards races. So I can't – you can't go wrong with Bauer. But I, I was more team Darvish, both very qualified. Michael, you want to weigh on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of biased because I'm a Mets fan. I really wanted to see DeGrom take it again. Um, I mean, I still think he's the best pitcher in the league, but I do honestly believe that. I, I think both Darvish and Bauer had better seasons. Um, so I can't really hate on you know Bauer taking it. Yeah, it was a fun fun season overall. You know, Trevor looked really good there with his 20-button suit. I'm a fan of it. I am like, I went out to Men's Warehouse, and I got suited up right away after seeing <laughs> that because if, if Bauer can pull it off, then so can I. You know, guys, let's begin our ascent up the mountain of a way, way, way too early fantasy analysis and get right to the matter at hand, buttons excluded. In lieu of going pitcher by pitcher and line by line, Tonight, we're going to go through those four tiers like we were talking about, but we're going to go instead and highlight one player from every tier who we believe carries the most upside, as well as one player that carries the least amount of upside in that very same tier. Who has the most value? Who has the least? If that's another way you want to think about it. I have taken it upon myself, and I, and I took a very long time to creatively and wonderfully dub all four of these tiers. So join me on this journey, fellas, because our first stop is the offended tier. Pitchers that are just outside the top 10. And so if we were to comb through the data on the two early mocks ADP, we start with Clayton Kershaw and his new shiny LA Dodgers World Series ring. We have Jack Flaherty at 12, Brandon Woodruff at 13, Tyler Glasnow at 14, and what I hear is now on the trading block, number 15, Mr. Lance Lynn. Bubba, let's start with you. Who has the most upside, do you think, out of that tier? I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty. Uh, biggest reason being, before last season, he was like a top five to seven pitcher for many. And I think he's getting discounted this year because, obviously, the Cardinals' COVID issue. So he had limited stars. People are thinking he's not going to get stretched out, things along that line. But if you start looking at his numbers overall – and I and, – I was not a Flaherty guy going into last year because his price is too high. Now I'm willing to go there. So you, you look at his, his overall uh, you know, savant page, nothing changed from the previous seasons, really. The exit velos, barrels, everything's pretty much the same with Flaherty. His strikeout rate was like one percentage point less, a few more walks. So those little things can uh, get tweaked. But uh, I'm going to go with Flaherty on a full season with hopefully no COVID issues, getting things figured out and getting his way back towards a top five potential pitcher. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I uh, I was out on Flaherty last year too, and I feel like now that he's actually in the in the right spot, um, but he could easily you know put himself into the top five. Uh, personally, though, my pick was Brandon Woodruff here. I just I like dove into him and loved him more than I thought I was going to. He basically has I didn't really see any weaknesses. I mean, he's got a really good fa two fastballs. Um, he added the changeup, and the changeup started really um, you know. Taking shape, it has a good velocity gap between that and the fastball. And um, 
his own contact rate is really low. He's got great command. Uh, he raised his strikeout rate. And if you combine his 2019 and 2020 season, he was top seven league in FIPS here, NK walk percentage. So I feel like he's doing everything right. And he's still young. He's probably only going to get better. Um, he's the ace of that team. And I feel like he has a ton of upside there. You know, so, what's pretty, real, real quick, you know what's crazy about Woodruff is everyone like to start the season was so extremely high on him. And then Corbin Burns showed up. And people yeah. forgot about Woodruff. But if you go and look at Woodruff's numbers, and even his game logs, he was basically the same pitcher in the second half as the first half, which was a dominant ace. And so I think you have a great point there that he's kind of falling a little bit, that if Burns never shows up, people might be picking him as a top 10 type pitcher, which is really kind of something to think about. Yeah, and and I was out on Woodruff last year because he only had the two fastballs, and he did exactly what we wanted by, you know, he was going between that and I think a slider, and the changeup ended up, being better and uh, i'm just glad he's got a third pitch now and a breaking ball too so so let's flip it give me your thoughts who has the least upside out of that top uh that top five with kershaw you guys both like flaherty and woodruff so it's either between kershaw glass now or lynn who we think has the least upside there yeah, this one was interesting because you know kershaw i liked on a short season a longer season you know the Dodgers are going to do Dodger things. His innings are going to get kind of monitored for the most part. Still 150 to 160 great innings, but I'll pass. Lynn, that's the second half of his last season got a little scary. And if he gets traded, we'll have to see where he goes. I'm going glass now. And this is strictly because, you know, he probably has the best stuff in this range if you want to just do the stuff analysis. But the way he walks guys or if he starts, you know, getting behind in hitters and gets, you know, as the game goes on, because he only goes five innings most times is he starts kind of getting in the zone a little too much, you get hit hard that second and third time through the order. He needs to kind of develop and get more confidence in a third pitch. Until then, I'm out on glass now. Yeah, so I actually agree. That's who I picked as well. Um, real quick on a side note, if you look at NFBC so far, I know it's only been five drafts, but uh looks like a lot of people are down on Lynn compared to the two early mocks. They got Lynn at 25, and that's including some relievers. So um, he's probably more so towards the 20 range. But, yeah, I'm going with Glass now. I mean, he's got that amazing two-pitch combo, uh, kind of like Bubba said. His curveball is actually amazing. It was the only pitch by a starter to have over 60% strikeout rate. My worry is kind of how erratic he was. Um, you know, the strikeouts will always be there, but in three starts he had four earned runs or more, and in four starts he didn't even get through the fifth inning. So I feel like, yes, the strikeouts will always be there, but sometimes he has trouble limiting the runs, and then plus with the Rays, you know they don't really let them go far. Um, and, I mean, we'll get to it next, but I'd rather take his teammate, Black Blake Snell, over him. Hmm. Guys, let's speaking of that, let's roll right into the next tier that I like to call the Danilison Lamette tier. <laughs> because if you've been following Michael, he's got a few words. I knew you're gonna make Danilson a remark. Lamette, <laughs> and we are on opposite ends there as I love Danilison. But according to the ADP, we have Zach Gallon at 16, Kent Maeda at 17, Blake Snell at 18. My man, Danilson Lamette at 19 and Max Freed at 20. Bubble, lead us off again. Who do you think out of those five names has the most upside that fantasy players should uh, you know, keep on their radar? Well, I'm kind of biased because I was all in on Zach Gallon last year, and I'm kind of worried now because I saw Michael's tweet earlier today about where he has him ranked and where he's going in NFBC, so I can't wait for him to tell me how I'm wrong here. But um, <laughs> I, I really like what Zach Gallon does. A four-pitch pitcher is – Something we don't see very often anymore, but just makes you like an elite starting talent. Uh, watching him just pitch against the Giants a few times, even though the Giants were one of the teams that were able to get to him, 
he's just a very, very good pitcher. And I think people wouldn't be as concerned with him if the uh, Diamondbacks didn't treat him like Jacob DeGrom and actually scored some runs. That that was his biggest problem most of the season. But uh, 28% K rate, his walk rate dropped a couple percent this year. I, I like Gallon a ton. He's going to still be pitching on that uh, West, which could be interesting with more Coors in play. But give me Zach Gallon. So I actually love Zach Allen also. Um, I am not going with him here, though. <laughs> the only reason why I think I have him lower than most, uh, like you said in my tweet, I have him below NFBC ADP and these two early mocks, too. And I think it's just because I'm preferring people who have a little bit more of a track record. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at Gallon's game, you know, game log, too, it's just like the – he faced all the top offenses for the first month of the season and was dominating them. So he's got a lot of talent. I'm actually going to go Blake Snell, who I just mentioned earlier. Uh, I just feel like he has the best upside. I mean, we saw him win a Cy Young. He's had over a 30% strikeout rate the past three seasons. Um, I really like his command. He has that high-low approach that a lot of people, you know, a lot of pitchers try and uh, replicate. And I know we have to worry about the workload. I think we could see 180, 180 innings from him. And if he can do what I think he can do, I think those will be really good 108 innings. So I feel like even if he is limited to that, he could easily be top 10. All right, go ahead. Let's do it. That's <laughs> my feeling. You want me to start off with? You want to start off with least upside here, Michael? I already, I already know. But let's go. Go you ahead. You are going to get so sick of this. We're in November, and I still got like three months of probably. It's fine. We'll do this December, January, and February. It does not matter. Maybe uh, it will change, but I don't think it will. Go ahead. Give me your analysis. So I obviously am not a fan of Nelson Lamet. He's 19 here. I think I have him at like 45 in my rankings. I I meant to look it up before this podcast, but I'm a terrible person. Um, he had that injury. I can't remember what it is right now. Um, but it was obviously – it's obviously worrisome. I know it was his arm. Uh, he only has one pitch. He had two this year, and that's because he increased the velocity on his fastball, which made it a much better fastball. It went from average to great. I like to assume that that is just because of the shortened season. He knew he could throw harder. I could be wrong, though. And if I'm wrong, then he definitely is not in the 40 range like I'm thinking. Um, but, yeah, his one pitch, which is that slider, and it's amazing. It's probably the best pitch in the league. But when you are throwing one pitch so much, I mean, you kind of see what happened to Corbin this year. I know Corbin's a little different because sometimes he starts slow. But when you have one pitch and everything else is failing, and if that pitch falls back even a little bit, you're going to completely fall and have an ERA above four. Uh, his zone contact rate, too, is also pretty high. He doesn't have great command. And I kind of feel like he got lucky. I know the pitch is amazing, and um, he did throw it down the middle a lot, and hitters couldn't even catch up to it when it's thrown down the middle. But I feel like eventually they're going to, um, especially if he's – pitching an entire season so I just feel like he is due for regression and it's going to come eventually it will oh. happen Doug. okay okay <laughs> I, you know what i i know i said it all in the past two months of that that little two month season we just had but it's gonna happen october 16th 2020 michael goes on twitter and he says this the following again. Oh my god, you found the tweet. I what I do every night is whenever Mike I just take pictures of it and then I can hold it over his head later in podcast. But man, that slider, and this is according to Michael Simeone here, the Mr. SB Stringer himself, thrown 559 times, allowing just 10 hits, yeah. 143 
Woba against 51.4% for the K, 3.7 barrel percentage, 22.7 swinging strike percentage. I mean, you said it earlier. Even when thrown over the middle of the plate, hitters only had a .091 batting average against him. He did say don't draft him, though, with a smiley face emoji. (laughs) I have to go against my man here, Mr. Michael Simeon. But Bubba, give me your least upside arm here in this tier as well. Well, Doug, I hope we can still be friends. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I have been anti Denelson Lamette before yeah. last season. Bubba, I've, do you need me to read back exactly <laughs> what I'm going to read? I'm going to read you a cool. I'm going to read you a cool stat now too. All right, here we go. Um, so <laughs> yes, he throws a slider almost sixty percent of the time, which is terrifying to begin with. This is why I didn't like um, his teammate Chris Paddock. That started to come to fruition this season. You need at least three pitches, people. Very simple. Yeah. So okay, Lamette throws a four seam fastball this year. Great. Well, that guy hit at a two eighty six clip. With a 334x Woba, giving up home runs when it's uh, in the zone too much, only uh, 18.6% whiff rate. So if the slider's not working, he has to rely on the fastball. How do we think that's going to go? And it was better this year than it was last year. And yeah. Because he raised his velocity. So if he can't do that again and it goes back to, to forget about it. He's going to be Robbie Ray. He actually, you know, you said his velocity is better. It had the same whiff percentage last year as it did this year. Hmm. Yeah, okay. so um, he basically—I don't know. I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to say the L word. I'm not going to say it. But um, yeah, I, I, he needs a third pitch. Like starting, like, Lamette would be a great bullpen arm. Hmm. But uh, or he needs to go to the Rays, an analytical team, and be used with an opener. That'd be phenomenal. But uh, I, I'm, I'm on, not on Lamette. Sorry, Doug. All right, no worries, guys. My feelings aren't hurt. I'll get over it. Okay, I will bring this back up if he dominates. I'll, I'll bring it back up. Don't, don't worry. December as well. You know, I already see my Twitter getting. Uh, <laughs> well, well, you don't even want. I took so many screenshots of your Twitter. Let's not get there right now. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go there right now because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> headed into the next year. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. I was sitting on the couch last night and I was totally watching the end of Pitch Perfect, singing along with it. Don't Crazy. tell me you guys that. Don't don't tell me you guys haven't done this before, but we head now into the don't you forget about me tier where we have starting at 21 is Mr. Sonny Gray, followed by 22, Mike Clevenger, 23 with Corbin Burns, 24, Carlos Carrasco and rounding out the top 25, Sixto Sanchez. The same theme here, fellas, best upside, least upside. Let's start with Bubba again. Give me the best upside arm out of this tier. This is a great tier just to begin with in general. Like you could make some compelling arguments here. I'm going to take Carlos Carrasco. And it's a little scary because he keeps getting older. There's a lot older than people think. So eventually it's just going to come to an end. But right now he's still an elite arm in a, on a team that knows how to utilize its pitching to its best. And uh, last season he didn't feel like he dominated, but he's still K rate of 29%, which is back like his 2018 numbers. Uh, walk rate at nine and a half, which is what kind of got him in the most trouble. He's used to being around a five and a half to six. Walk guy, but still a 291 ERA, which is which is just fine. Limited the hard contact. Um, I'm a big Carlos Carrasco fan. Now he doesn't have to be the ace because you have Bieber there. You're going to have Plesak there. Uh, Savale still there for those that believe in uh, Savale. So uh, I like Carrasco a lot. Another year removed from, you know, getting over his uh, cancer diagnosis, which is awesome. So maybe a little more healthy. Uh, I like him a lot at this price point. A, a guy that, you know, on normal years, you're taking in the top 20 pretty easily. Yeah, it's hard not to root for a guy who beats cancer, comes back, and has a really dominant season like he had. Uh, I'm going to go with Sonny Gray here. I actually have him ranked as number 12 in my rankings. I feel like a lot of people are kind of forgetting about him and what he brings to the table. Um, His numbers 
don't look that great. And it's just because he had a bad little two-start uh, debacle there. And, uh, you know, with a short season, anytime something like that happens, it can completely ruin your numbers. But between 2019 and 2020, he has a 3.07 ERA and a 3.33 fit. He has one of the deepest arsenals in the game. All of his pin- pitches finished with a positive P-Val. Uh, which means he knows how to utilize them really well. And he's really smart with how, you know, how he throws, what he throws, where he throws it, all that stuff. And I just think he brings one of the highest floors. I mean, it's, I feel like it's tough to get a guy who you're, you know, nothing's guaranteed obviously in this world, but um, you know, almost like guarantees you a low three ERA year in and year out minus playing for the Yankees. Um, And has strikeout potential. Now he's raised his K rate past couple of years. And I just think, with that deep arsenal, if one pitch isn't working, he's got another. If that's not working, he's got another and so on. He's not quite like Darvish, but he's almost on that level. So I feel like he has the best upside here. John Bender is extremely happy that you guys remembered everything. Okay. Simple minds alike. We we did it. Let's get to the final tier. Oh, Our, we didn't do least upside. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. I, oh, I got totally into the single thing about the Nelson on the, the Met. I was yeah, thinking about the Nelson on the Met. Shoot, you know. All right, well let's do the let's do the uh, the least upside <laughs> here, okay? Before we get to John Bender raising his fist at the end of the movie here, uh, Bubba, lead us off. Who do we think has the least upside? This one kills me because I had Mike Clevenger as a top five guy last season going into draft season, and um, yeah, that that didn't work out so well for those mm-hmm. keeping track at home. But um, and it was across the board. A lot of things didn't go well for him. But the biggest concern, I won't even go deep on this. The biggest concern I have is his arm, the injury situation. Um, he could barely get back on the field multiple times towards the end of last season. And they're already talking about giving him a two year extension. Now, is that because he's healthy or because they want to keep him for the second year when he's healthy? I don't know. But uh, there, there's a lot of concerns I have right now. So he's a guy I will not be faking right here. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I mean, he's clearly just injury prone at this point. And whether it's because that delivery or not, who really knows? But it's every year something's coming up with him. So it's a good call. I got to go with Sixto Sanchez here. Um, you know, he's a lot of fun on the mound, I'll admit. And I feel like that that's why people get excited. I mean, the gifts kind of uh, give him a little more... Um, like a better reputation than I think he really kind of deserves. Um, I think there's so much recency bias. I haven't ranked at 37. He hasn't really shown strikeout potential yet. He only has a 20.9 strikeout rate with a 12.8 swing strike percentage. So both of those are just kind of mediocre. Uh, he's got the lethal changeup, but he does need to work on his four-seam slider. And uh, I've said this before. I don't even think he's the best Marlins pitcher for next year. Mm. Who do you think is then? Pablo Lopez. Yes. Oh, you like the changeup. Big, big Pablo guy. Big big Pablo changeup type of guy. Am, am I allowed to move on to the last tier or did I, I forget you something? Are you guys sure? <laughs> you, guys not, you guys don't want to stay a little bit here, pitch perfect style? <laughs> All right, Bubba says no. But so finally, let's get to our last group. This is the R.L. Stein group. Do you guys know R.L. Stein? Goosebumps. Yeah, these guys give you the goosebumps if you're depending on them as one of your aces. Not going to be one of the top Arms out there, but let's go through the list anyway. We have at 26, Zach Plesak, 27, the Dr. Kyle Hendricks, 28, Zach Greinke, 29, Zach Wheeler, and at 30, we have Jesus Lazardo. Bubba, upside, who's got it? This is pretty much an all-upside tier to me, but I'll make Dave McDonald happy. It's going to be Zach <laughs> Plesak. I, I won't get to draft him anywhere because Dave McDonald's going to put his <laughs> price tag through the roof. So like 26, a gift right now. 
But um, that's who I'll take just because, you know, you don't have to read his Twitter to find out, but he'll tell you all the reasons. It's um, his strikeout rate went up, his walk rate dropped dramatically. And you can kind of see the transformation that, like, we saw Bieber make. We've seen other pitchers in Cleveland make. He's starting to use the fastball a lot more effectively that transitions to the off-speed pitch that gets these hitters to chase the off-speed pitch. I know Michael was on my show a while back. And we were talking about guys that kind of live on the corners and how they benefit from that. Police acts maybe not to that extent, but you see a lot more of that this past season. And he'd still give up some hard contact from time to time. The barrel rate went up. Hard hit rate was still 33%, which isn't bad, but not great. But he was keeping the ball in the ballpark. He was limiting damage at 228x batting average, which is pretty darn outstanding. But that strikeout rate and, most importantly, that walk rate dropping to 2.9%, that's elite-type stuff. Now, can he duplicate it? Who knows? Can he get rid of the puka shells? Who knows? But um, I think police acts got big upside. Before I get to Michael, I want to just correct myself. It's not the doctor for Kyle Hendricks. It's the professor. professor. So <laughs> just want to have that out there that I do know my nicknames for ball players. Michael, who's got the most upside out of this tier? Yeah, I, I first want to say I love this tier. I love all of these guys, honestly. Um, this is great. I would love to get like two pitchers here in the draft. A lot of um, a lot of high floors here. But yeah, I'm with I'm with Bubba on this. I gotta go play Zach. Um the the walk rate is elite, kind of like he said, and and he's doing what all these Indian pitchers do. Do he's basically not throwing his fastball as much, and he's going to the breaking balls more. And I think that you know, I, I wrote, I did a little write up about him on Fangraphs, and what I found out, which I thought was interesting and might explain the elite walk rate, is that he really worked on the stability of his delivery. So with his pitching coach, he worked on just replicating the same delivery every single time he throws a pitch, which leads to better commands. And it looks like he was able to do that. So I feel like he's going to continue to have an elite walk rate. And if he does, then he's probably without a doubt going to be a top 20 pitcher, um, especially on the Indians who love to let their pitchers go deep into games. And an interesting fact about him is that when Plesak did pitch, he actually averaged the most innings per stat per stat she's per start in 2020 so he goes deep into games which means the counting stats are going to come and that throws a lot of value it's kind of why bauer is so valuable because even when he's not pitching great he's pitching so many innings every year and he's just getting a ton of strikeouts and will always be like top 10 in strikeouts no matter how bad he's pitching and i feel like Plazek has that ability so do you guys feel like that he could easily be I mean, you wouldn't consider him, you know, a top 10 ace for your fantasy team. You wouldn't feel good about having him as your SP1. But where are you, you know, if you're constructing a team, are you thinking that you like him as uh, an SP2 or an SP3 high end? I, I can see the argument for it. I don't feel comfortable there yet as an SP2. But it, like as you're, if you're building your team and you didn't go to pitching early and all of a sudden, you know, it's round four and I'm getting my ace and then or even round three and you're getting your ace and you want to make sure you get two pretty good arms and he locks into your SP2, I guess you can live with that. But I'm not there yet. I prefer SP3, but where he's going, he's going to have to be your SP2. Yeah, I kind of agree. I'm not quite there yet. I If he – I probably will try and get him, though, and I, if I have to take him as my SP2, I might do that, but I will definitely probably take a pitcher come, you know, when it comes back around to me just to really support that decision. <laughs> So well, yeah, when you look, when, yeah, when you look at this area, it's like police acts. Say you're in a NFBC overall, police acts the guy you want. 
If you're yeah. just like at a 12 or 15 team single league, get the professor, get Granky, get someone that's yeah. going to give you solid numbers and ratios. That's fine. But please, that gives you that ceiling that those other guys probably don't. Right. So the idea is, is when he comes up on the block, when we're talking about please sec here to distract Dave McDonald as much as you can in any, <laughs> in any draft that you might be. Or with. you're just going to have to take him like the second round of draft. Just, re- just remind him that Shane Bieber finished fifth in the AL MVP awards and he'll get furious. <laughs> and he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be very <laughs> All right, let's flip it to least upside arm. You guys seem to like this tier. Uh, Bubba, who you think's mm-hmm. got the least amount of upside for fantasy players? It's like literally grasping at straws. Cause like we said, we like this tier so much. I'm going to go Jesus Lazardo just for the fact that when he was roughed up last year, it was bad and he had a lot of home runs. So it's kind of like he dominated or he got roughed up. So there's still some consi- inconsistencies with his young arm. But the biggest factor is they're going to keep him on an innings limit. And so getting a guy this early in the draft, you want that stability, which all these other guys are going to give you easily 150 plus, if not 170 plus, barring an injury. Lazardo, I think 150 is like a let's hope he gets 150, that type of situation. Yeah, that's a good call. I actually didn't even think about that. Um, yeah, I like Lizardo. Like kind of like you said, he was up and down. I mean, they did. Ha- he did have that one start where they started him on short rest, which was just oh, stupid, so and he got good. lit up. So that kind of hurt his numbers. Uh, but all of his pitches have elite movement. So I kind of, I think I'm a little more excited about him than others. I this was so hard for me. I literally just picked Granky, and I have the worst excuse ever. And I just put maybe he hits the cliff. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, <laughs> that it's was like my only reasoning. Otherwise, besides yeah. that, it was like really too hard for me to pick. Um, and the, I mean that, and he probably has like, you know, he'll probably get the least amount of strikeouts out of the grouping if I were to yeah. guess. So to recap everything that we just went through upside arms that we do like that we do enjoy that we do think can make some noise in the 2021 season guys like jack flaherty brandon woodruff zach gallon blake snell carlos carrasco sonny gray and david no not dave mcdonald zach Lisak, okay? as well as going into and flipping that and then looking at arms that we think maybe has the least upside according to their adp and the tiers that they're in Tyler Glass now, my guy, Danilson Lament, Mike Clevenger, Sixto Sanchez, Jesus Lazardo, and not a very good reason, but Zach Ranky might fall off that cliff this year. <laughs> you know, I, I and we're you know, we're using very, very early ADP here. So like don't hammer out anything in stone. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes fantasy players make, myself included, is we follow the ADP like a Google map. But sometimes you got to use ways to get yourself to that championship a little <laughs> bit faster. It's going to give you different routes to get there. Am I am I wrong, guys? No, I'm not. Completely right. Completely. I mean, right. it's hard to do that. I mean, you look at all these names and you're trying to decipher who should go before who, and you just you know go according to the ADP. You know, a lot of these great fantasy analysts like we have Michael Simeone and Casey Bubba here. Go for guys that you are watching, projecting, read the projections that are out there, and then kind of make start making your own decisions while listening to some of these guys that are out there. Guys, any final thoughts? Be, because we have one final segment to wrap through tonight. <laughs> I'm just ready to get to these questions. Um, I, I'm very, I'm very excited slash concerned right about now. All right, so well, let's okay. do it. Well, Bubba, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but we have an ancient and storied tradition here on the SP Streamer Podcast a little game that we like to call the Casey Bubble Facts. It's pretty equivalent to the first we feast smash hit web series, 
hot ones, but without the chicken wings, hot what? sauce, and charm. We have none of those things going on. So let's get into the slew of the hardest hitting questions probably in the world. Michael hates it when I say that, but Michael, why don't you lead us off with the Casey Bubble Facts? I'm going to go out of order here just because I want to. All right, but let me start you off. The first round was played today. Paul Casey is leading. Who do you think is going to end up winning the Masters? Uh, we're going golf out the gate. Yeah, Casey was well, shot well, but it's not going to finish, and it's not going to be Tiger Woods. I still got my my uh, my money on Dustin Johnson. Like that guy's Ooh, been locked okay. been locked in for two to three months right now. Give me DJ, but you know, looking at the leaderboard, like you said, it's not even finished with the first round yet. That's an awesome looking leaderboard. Like, let's just keep that going yeah. through the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I like that we got Justin Thomas there, yeah. Fino, Fowler, all of them. Rom. They're all up there. So currently, while you're talking, I'm on I'm on DraftKings right now. So who should I be picking? <laughs> I don't think you can enter anymore. <laughs> uh, but let's get to the next question. Michael loves this one, but what is your best personal sports achievement? Oh man, um, I guess I'll use the one that people think uh, you've said it enough. But I grew up playing baseball with Dustin Pedroia, so I like uh, we are on all star teams together and stuff. So we. Uh, on our 11, 12 year old all-star teams, we were 12. And after practice, me, him, and one other guy would play home run derby every day. And then we hit three and four in the lineup. We went back to back in an all-star game. So uh, that'd probably be my, my best achievement. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. That's Do you awesome. still talk to him? <laughs> Not as much anymore. My dad actually still talks to his parents. Like they go to the same, my oh, dad goes to the same barber as his dad uh, is <laughs> in our hometown, but I have not, he lives in Arizona now, not in California. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I won't go too deep on this side story. I was in spring training a couple years ago. We're taking an Uber from Scottsdale to Mesa to watch the Giants Cubs and the driver's kid plays soccer with Pedroia's kid. He goes, yeah, I see him every Saturday. We sit next to each other and watch, <laughs> watch our kids play. I'm like, what a small world we live in. Uh, that's pretty funny. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm going to continue with the golf here, Bubba. Who's your favorite golfer? My Curry favorite golfer. golfer. This is tough Curry because golfer. I love it because there's so many good young players right now, so it's hard not to like pull for so many of them. But I love Brooks Kepka because I love the swagger. Like I, I love the biceps. Yeah, that and uh, you know Jenna Sims. <laughs> but um, no, I'm a big, I'm a big kind of. I like to trash talk and have fun, like in a in a fun way. And he gets it, and he, you know, he just. I saw him at Pebble at the U.S. Open, and just the, he, like, he the way he walks without a concern in the world. I wish I could do that as a professional athlete. Like he just yeah. literally does not care. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. I saw him at the U.S. Open in Shinnecock a couple years ago, yeah. and yeah, I totally felt the same way with him. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> he's walked up like he was like a badass. <laughs> yeah, he's like you can't stop me. I can stop myself. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people think I'm a. People think that I'm professional and I have a smooth sounding voice and I'm nice here. But really, when you get me in a competitive situation, I am just like him. I'm going to let you know that I beat you on every single hole. I'm going <laughs> to let you know. Like, it, it could be bowling, and I'm going to let you know, like, hey. I like this. That That's the extra competitive edge. I like that answer, Bubba. So yeah, my, my, my wife won't play board games with me anymore if that gives you any idea of how <laughs> things go. <laughs> oh, man. We should do Django one night with you. You play Monopoly. Yeah. You find your true friends and you play Monopoly together. That's true. That is true. Bubba, who would you, where would you say then your favorite golf course then? Where do you like, where do you, where do you like watching or where do you like playing? Have you played some of these great courses that are out there? I played Harding Park a couple weeks ago. That was a cool course. I played uh, Silverado in Napa. I played some nice ones, and I haven't played Pebble yet. Um, I it's the cheesy answer if you're a golf fan, but you got to say Augusta. Like no, no. I've I've had so have many. Fr- 
no, I've, I've tried to get drawn. I've had friends to. go and friends like that at the, where I play golf all the time and they've gone and they tell me stories about it. And I'm just like, I'd love to go someday. Like they, they say literally <laughs> yeah. when you walk through the gates, it's just like, oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can buy tickets on, uh, they use some on StubHub, but it's like a ridiculous amount of like, it's only like a thousand bucks. Whatever. Only, only. <laughs> I, I go to Pebble every year for the pro am, and that's that's, that's a lot cool. of fun. Yeah. All right. Next question. Um, give me one, or I guess a couple of your favorite guests that you've had on your podcast. So I know oh, you've had a many. Yeah, Curlin made me and Toby answer that the other day. I say it's so right. messed. So <laughs> no, I say no. I say it's so messed up because I, like I like all my guests, oh. or I wouldn't have them on my show. Obviously, like. You know what it's like. There's certain times you have a guest on, and the chemistry might not be there, so it takes some time. But in the end, it's, it's still fun. But some guys just come on popping right away. Right, how about how about this? Can you name a guest someone that surprised you the most? Okay, that's a good question. Now, um, whew, that's a good one. <laughs> Off the top of my head, no. Um, I, I know that. No, no. I, I, that sounds mean, but there are a few. Like I, I expected to kind of go slow out the gate, and they like just brought the thunder. Dave McDonald for his first podcast ever was very uh, intriguing. Oh yeah, I remember listening. Phil, Phil Dussault as well. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I, I, I've had a lot of first timers on the show, but I don't know. I, I love doing it. I love talking baseball. Like it's one of those you, you get a, you get some people on you think you'd never get on, and then I almost have more fun with the people that have like the smaller followings and yeah. kind of do so. Yeah. So then, how did you and Toby then decide to do a podcast together once a week? Where did that come yeah, from? How did you guys? Story. You know, Michael, you know, he, he, we were pen pals. I don't know if anybody knows that, but that's how Michael and I got, you know, <laughs> we've been pen pals since elementary school. Yeah, it was Love just, it. it's a really weird situation. No, I'm just kidding. But like, how did you and Bubba like meet up? And, 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 and I'm sorry, you are Bubba. How did you meet up with Toby and how did that come together? Yeah, no, it was pretty fun. Um, I, I'm a part of the Barf League, the Bay Area Roto Fantasy League that Justin Mason started. All right, Lord Michaels actually started and Justin Mason. Uh, took over and it's an awesome league a lot of analysts in there then a couple of just uh friends of uh justin's in there's from the bay area that are awesome guys also and um i've been in it for like a year or two longer than toby and then toby came and joined it and we were sitting there i think it was our, was it our second year drafting we we're sitting there and we were talking about our podcast and I, I said you know what it'd be kind of fun like i'll keep doing my other guests and do my thing but why don't we do a show like once a week or every other week or something just because I kind of like the joke is I made on the last show is like I'm more of the caveman analysis. Like I'll, I'll point at some numbers and kind of give you these things where Toby's just goes deep into like everything. <laughs> and I'm all this kind of, you get a little bit of both for your listening audience and that's kind of where it's gone from there. And now we pretty much have one a week at least. Wow. Nice. A hundred thousand downloads. That's awesome. Congratulations. That is Thank a, you. that's a big thing to, to take down. Thank you. I Michael and I have 17 yeah. and you know what we <laughs> every day that we come out here we continue to grind cuz we really want to get to get to 20 after Yeah, we really that. are, you know. You know what you can entice the audience. You should have got a better guest then. Well, no, no, you are. You are. I mean, I've been enticing people with stickers and patches and stuff. That 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 crap doesn't work. I tell you. So write a book on it and let us know, and then we will copy it exactly. Michael, do you want to hit up Bubba with the last question? Yeah, again? last question. All right. At what age do you think your kid will be on his – right, boy? Well, I'm, girl. I'm just – Girl, God. On her uh, first Bench with Bubba podcast. Oh, like I almost had her in here the other day because she's being fussy. But uh, and I joked about it to my wife, and she says, no, she's not. I said, oh, yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> I, I think when I – I want to say like two, 
just old enough where <laughs> she can kind of be quiet if she's still moving around type thing. So I'm going to go with two because she won't stay stationary right. for the whole show. I know that very well. But at least if yeah. she's moving around the office like the dogs do, at least she won't be like running crazy. So two. All we right. just want a deep dive about Danilis and Lamette, just a back and forth between you and your two-year-old. That would be <laughs> that would be fabulous when she gets D2 there. So She'll probably have the same amount of pitches as Danilson at the time, too. Wow, <laughs> you know what? Be better. I can't be close the Casey Bubba facts any better than what you just did right there. <laughs> we do appreciate you playing. It, you are off the hot seat. I'm sorry that there's no chicken wings for us to you know, grab a hold of. But before we get out of here today, any final thoughts, any plugs or mentions of what you'll be up to in the future? Not really. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at BDN Trick. You'll see all the goods there. I'm releasing my uh, early rankings on Fantasy DGens right now. I just released short stops on Thursday night, and I keep doing the positions there. I'll update those as they go. I'm going to try to do a couple articles a week at Rotoballer as well. Then the podcast will keep coming as usual. So if you just follow my Twitter, you'll see everything there. But I want to say thanks for having me. Like what you guys are doing and growing is pretty darn awesome. Uh, I got, I don't, I'm not even joking. I, I feel bad because I, I feel like shouting out a lot of people. But when I listen to you guys' show, it's actually it's like one of those where you're not just listening like a guy re, like read off you know numbers. You guys are having fun like what Doug does. I'm telling you, it it seems easy. You might think I'm just like flattering you or something, but it's it's really difficult as smooth as you do it and the transitions you make with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift that I really appreciate for someone that's done as many podcasts as myself. Like I'm a very sarcastic person, so I love your humor to it all. But you, <laughs> yeah. but you, but you do it so smooth and like without like breaking stride. Where I can like now I know you guys do video. Michael probably laughs in the corner a lot, like real quietly, because I know I'm <laughs> laughing when I'm doing it. And yeah, I, I give you props there, and Michael, what you're doing, man. You're like on four websites and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Like you guys are doing awesome stuff. So and it's a pleasure to have you join us on the Black Book this year. So yeah, that'll be fine. That's awesome. Well, thank you. We do appreciate you coming on tonight. That's yeah, uh, great. It's oh, okay. Those are those are great. Michael, did, did you hear what he said about me? That was great. I know. Well, write I it down and say it back to me every once in a while. Know. Oh, oh, by the way, where can I order a, a mug? Oh yeah, my website. It's in okay. the shop. Cool. And uh, uh, real quick story. I think this was the first time Doug asked me about podcasting, and I don't know if you remember Doug. He actually tricked me, and I believed it. <laughs> and you did, you told me you podcasted Zach Ranky. Remember that? <laughs> no, I did not. Yes, you did. You don't remember? No, that? no, no. The story goes when you, when, <laughs> man, you know, you, you you send a thousand pen pal letters to each other, and you know the 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 ink must run off the paper here a little bit. I told you, did you see the video of Zach Ranky when he was in high school? He was like an anchor and he had like the same monotone demeanor delivering the news. And that's what I was asking you about because I thought that was hysterical. No, you clearly insinuated that you podcast with him. And I believed it. And I said, I was like, oh, do you still talk to him? And Doug was like, I didn't podcast with him. Zach Ranky went through like today's lunch and he was like, today's lunch, sliced pears and a taco. Yeah, I, I would love to know what makes Zach Ranky like his voice change at all, besides puberty. Like, I want to know what really does it. Well, he calls out his pitches and he calls out tacos when they come up on Tuesday when he was in high school. So, what I don't know what really else to say about that. But, Baba, you are fantastic. You're a huge asset to the to the fantasy community. 
you know, you're always willing to help out to like and retweet other people's works. And, you know, for me, just starting out in this as well, this past year, like you've been a big inspiration for me. I've been listening to you for a very long time. You've been killing it all over the place. And so I'm thrilled that you're here and very thankful and appreciative that you took some time to talk to us tonight. Well, thanks, guys. Anytime. Uh, as long as it, it works in my goofy schedule, I'm always down to sit and chat with you guys anytime. I figured it out. <laughs> Mando? Mando, that's your new nickname. I'm just going to call you Mando from now on. Mando, oh, are you there, Mando? I'm yes, this, this is the way. This is the way. I hope to talk to you soon again, Michael. We'll do it. Well, pen me a letter, and I'll get back to you in two weeks. Just New uh, new Mandalorian episode out tomorrow, by the way. Oh, there you go. Or oh, really listening to the podcast today. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be dropping this tomorrow so you can listen to us first and then get right into Michael's Disney Plus work with <laughs> Baby Yoda. Everybody out there, SP Streamer Nation, remember you can buy the 2021 SP Streamer Draft Kit, which will get updated with Michael's analysis on every pitcher. Bubba was even so kind as to tweet out this info as pre-sale begins in January. So make sure to keep that on your radar. We're also thrilled to announce tonight that we will be working with Solo Stove. Bubba, do you know about Solo Stove? No, but I bet I'm about to find out. So what is I don't it? want to triangulate <laughs> your position here, but you are from California. Do you have many bonfires in California? Oh, yeah. We have a lot of, uh, you could, we'll call them bonfires. Sure. Let's not call them, you know, <laughs> let's not talk about those fires, but I'm just saying, you know, you have a nice evening. In I have California. a fire pit in my backyard. Yes. You have a fire pit in your backyard. Michael and I live in colder climates, but we will not triangulate our positions for people out there. But winter is definitely coming. And by going to our link, you have the chance to get your hands on the most beautiful and awesome fire pit around. They just sent us the big boy on the block, the Yukon fire pit, and it is awesome. It's stainless steel. It's log friendly, and it has that low smoke bonfire so that you don't have to smell the next morning. So go out, make sure that you make your backyard shine. We'll tweet out that link so you can join in the fun this holiday season as they do a ton of promotions over there as well. As that's all there is for today's episode of the SP Streamer Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thanks again for listening, everyone. And as always, if you enjoy this podcast on a platform that allows you to subscribe, share, and review us, we don't really know what to do with that. Like, I, I say that every time, and I'm not quite sure why you should be subscribing and rating and reviewing us, but I think it does help us out according <laughs> to iTunes and Apple that owns everything that it will project us up the charts. We'll be way behind Casey Bubba, um, you know, Bench with Bubba podcast, but help us out. Subscribe to us if you can. Share us if you want to. But that's all there is for today. For Casey Bubba and Michael Simeone, I'm Doug Chicago. Take care, stay safe, and we will see you soon. Support for this episode of the SP Streamer podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for all your grooming needs. Take the just-released new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, waterproof, cordless, with a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes. I mean, 90 minutes is a super long time, but by all means, go for it if that's what you desire. Go from the Bush Leagues to the Big Leagues with 20% off and free shipping with the code SPSTREAMER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SPSTREAMER. Music.